It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've got two games of preseason tape, and that's enough for Mike and I to take a deep dive into some player evaluation for some of these guys trying to make this Cincinnati Bengals team. We're going to do that, and I'll get you an injury update from Monday's practice in today's episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, joined today by Mike Santagata for a planned off day for James Rapine. Nothing to do with recent events. This is something that's been in the works, and you can find the show on the Lockdown Podcast Network on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you follow or subscribe to the show, you'll have it in your feed, so you can be a first listener, making us your first listen every day and becoming every day or not missing an episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today's show brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And, Mike, we're going to get into some tape evaluation. We're going to talk backup quarterbacks, backup offensive line, the RB2 battle, the rookie receivers, some standouts on defense, a lot of stuff to get to before we do that. Quickly going to give a quick rundown on some injury notes. Jadobe Aluzie got some reps in one-on-ones at practice on Monday, which was another step in the right direction for him after he got into seven-on-sevens on Sunday. Continues to be trending in that direction, doing a little bit more every day. Also was working with uh, the punt team just to get a little bit of extra work in, and you've seen that from Cheeto throughout camp, working in various capacities to get some extra work in. It was a pretty... Positive update on Joe Burrow, I thought, from Zach Taylor in his press conference on Monday as well, saying it's the best that he's seen him look. And that's, I think, in juxtaposition to Burrow coming off the ACL, to Burrow coming off the appendectomy. So hopefully a step in the right direction for Joe Burrow as well as we continue to monitor his health. There's some other guys that have some bumps and bruises. Notably, Cody Ford has a concussion. And Marvell Tell has a concussion. That's why those guys aren't practicing. DJ Turner had some soreness. BJ Hill has some soreness. Doesn't sound like anything major for those guys, but that is the majority of the injury updates. The other one, I think Terrell Basham back at practice, or at least in pads. And Mitchell Wilcox off the pup. That's a big one because I think Mitchell Wilcox is tight end three unless Tanner Hudson really goes out there and forces his way onto the roster. That's all the injury updates, Mike. 
let's get into some of the tape. You can find Mike on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got his handle down below his name there. And you can also find him on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. What is that, two times a week, right? Podcast right now, that you do? Yeah, two times a week now. When the season really starts, regular season, it would be three times. And we have Mike on as a regular guest. Love to talk to him about film takeaways after – after games, we have two games to talk about. We're going to start with these backup quarterbacks, Mike, because there's been a lot of hand-wringing. And you, then you hear Zach Taylor talk about it. You hear the coaches talk about it. They don't seem to be as concerned about it as the media is. We're talking about a backup quarterback, after all. We're talking about a player on the margins. We're talking about a very difficult position where if you look around the league, there's not a whole lot of backup quarterbacks playing at a high level, but there are some notable late round rookies that I'm sure the Bengals liked and would have liked to have drafted are having good preseason so far. That being said, I think one of these two guys who will continue to compete into the third preseason game is probably going to be the backup for the Bengals. You've watched the games. You, you haven't been as much in the what's happening in the training camp practices loop. I, I've seen some of that, of course, and James has seen it. We've talked about it on the show. But from the game perspective, have you seen anything to separate these guys as far as executing in this offense if the Bengals needed a quarter or a game without Joe Burrow? To me, they're probably – I don't think they've separated themselves into like different tiers. Like one of these guys is actually like a pretty good backup and the other one isn't. I think – they both have their issues. They both have their strengths. I think that Simeon, you've mentioned it, he's got a real arm, um, but compared to Browning at least. And, but Browning, he kind of can make some stuff happen. I I don't know. I, I haven't seen too much separation really. I think they both play a different game. It'll be dependent, I think, to me, on what the Bengals staff might want. Do you want kind of the wild card Jake Browning who might not – play like Joe Burrow in terms of read this quickly, scan quickly, and then hit the right target. But you get a quarter and you got a guy back there that he's going to try to make people miss and play some backyard football. Sometimes that can work. I I think we actually talked about it off air, but it reminds me of Skylar Thompson, that Bills Dolphins playoff game where the Bills, they were letting some stuff happen. Skylar Thompson, um, he kept the Dolphins in that game. That's kind of how I feel about Browning. Simeon, I think some of it you have to rely on what he's done in the past, and he's been a fine backup in the past. So that's kind of a safe – if he goes down for a quarter, he should theoretically be able to run the offense. It's just in this offense so far, I feel like Simeon hasn't looked the part of like a pretty good backup. Uh, but I, I'm not there in training camp or anything like that. Do you have any other takeaways from those two? I feel like stylistically, and Zach said this in his presser on Monday, they're looking for a backup that they don't have to change the offense a whole lot, right? right? You don't want to have Joe Burrow go down and suddenly you're read option offense. Like the, the Bengals aren't doing that, right? That's like the Ravens having a backup quarterback who can do some of the things. Maybe, maybe not exactly. I mean, nobody's Two like backups, Lamar, but, right? Anthony Brown and uh, Snoop Huntley. They both, yeah. not Lamar, but, you know, if you need – Dollar general (laughs) type offense. Right. The the idea is that you're stylistically similar. And I don't know that I really see that from either of these guys. Jake Browning, we talked about this before we started recording. You go through a lot of clips. A lot of the time he's a one-read quarterback. And when he can Mm -hmm. 
make that quick read accurately and get the ball out on time. He can throw some pretty nice balls with good touch, getting to the receiver with anticipation. But when he's not on time, when he has to play outside of structure, you can either see positive scrambles. Like you said, you're kind of rolling the dice, which is something that is a big part of his game so far in the preseason, making things happen with his legs. You can also see him throw late and get intercepted on the sideline trying to find Trent Nerwin, and you don't even see the linebacker sitting underneath. So there, there are ups and downs there, whereas, yeah, with Trevor Simeon, you're seeing a little bit more of a pro-style quarterback in terms of arm strength, in terms of you see him taking hitches, getting through reads, but not necessarily getting the ball to the right place. His accuracy has been erratic, I would say. And so it kind of is a a preference thing i think i agree with you that they haven't separated that's something that we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit they, they don't seem to really be separating themselves a ton it seems like the offense moves a little bit better with jake browning out there but how sustainable is that type of movement i think is a question that the coaches are grappling with i think they have an idea of who's ahead but i also think that this competition is truly continuing in this third preseason game where it's challenging to really get a, a feel for which of these guys is going to be more reliable if they're needed. But that being said, the, the hope is that they're just not needed. And, and yeah, th- that's the way they've built this team. The team is built for a quarterback at a very high level, like Joe Burrow, who can do these things very quickly. And it's hard to talk about finding a backup who can do anything at the level that Joe Burrow does in terms of anticipation, accuracy, and processing speed and vision. Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, maybe Simeon is slightly more like that, but it's not like he's playing like Joe Burrow out there No, <laughs> with the inaccuracy and misreads and everything like that. So if it was me, I think I would go Browning just because I kind of like the – look, if they're both – neither one's going to be that great. I kind of want the one that I'm going to drop a little bit of a spark in there and let's see what happens. And hopefully it's nothing like that interception. It's <laughs> – scrambles that are going for positive gains like on the last drive yeah not forcing the ball game managing like that's really what you need out of your backup quarterback i think the offense does make it hard on a backup quarterback to effectively be a game manager unless they change things stylistically to accommodate right the the shanahan style offenses and make everything really easy for the quarterback or, or and don't rely on a high level processor like joe burrow but we'll have another game of tape to figure things out. And we have a lot more to talk about on this offense. We have skill positions to talk about. We have some offensive line questions to get into. We'll continue on this offense coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by Game Time. And you need to buy tickets for a concert, for a Bengals game. It shouldn't be stressful. It should be an exciting time to find tickets to get to go see the live entertainment that you want to see. And game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. If you're visiting Cincinnati and and you've flown in for a last minute Bengals game and you need to find tickets quickly, you want to have the peace of mind that you're getting the best deal out there. Game time is the place to do that. You don't have to necessarily plan months in advance and they're going to have flash deals on various sports games, concerts, comedy, theater. Like I said, 
and more. And if you find a better price, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. If it's the same section, same row for less, that's a price guarantee they're putting their money behind. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but you can create that account. Redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today for last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mike, let's talk trenches. Let's talk about these backup linemen. For me, in my 53-man projection as of today, my backup offensive linemen that I'm projecting for the Cincinnati Bengals roster are Jackson Carmen, who I think they just will not move on from and I think does provide value as a running down extra tackle. I think he might be the, the second tackle off the bench, but I think he's on the team. I think Max Sharping is their best backup on the interior, showing that he can play center, still learning some of it or, or relearning some of it, such as we, we looked at before we started recording, when you've got a head-up nose tackle, getting those snaps back yeah. on the frame of the quarterback, that is something that will be important, not putting them in a place where the quarterback has to reach for the snap. I think they went out and signed Cody Ford. I think they like Cody Ford. I think that his preseason, especially at tackle, has shown that he, he's not a perfect player, but as a backup, they like his intelligence. They like his size. And I think Deontay Smith, I think, ahead of Hakeem Adenogy. But maybe Hakeem Adenogy's playing time is just because he's a known quantity to this team at this point. They feel like they need to see more from Deontay Smith. That's the one I've had the hardest time parsing. But what have you seen out of these guys, and where might you disagree as I'm projecting the backup offensive line? Uh, yeah, I think I mostly agree. Sharpings look the best of the interior guys. I think that's whether it's at center or guard, and he does have that little bit of a snap issue with – it's specifically with, I think, the head-up nose tackle, and that is just, I think, also as a former backup center at a much smaller level, uh, it's much easier to snap it. You got a guy that's like a two-eye or maybe a shade on you, and you're like, okay, I, you know, I could snap, step, and then get to him. We got that head-up guy. I just lived in fear of snap, <laughs> just demolished right on that because I'm not ready. So it, as as he gets the snap back there, gets used to it, I think that'll go away a little bit. Hopefully, um, the, they're professionals, uh, but some of them still do struggle with snap placement. Um, when it comes to Cody Ford, I think he shows some stuff sometimes that some of the other guys don't, but he does kind of, he, to me, he's below sharping. I think he's in the next group and they did go out and sign him compared mm -hmm. to some of the UDFAs and other guys that have come through for their vying for that spot. Uh, Carmen, yeah, it's he's the hardest one to release just because second round pick, you're still gonna believe in him. He's got the best natural power. I mean, yeah, once again, you'll just see him cave a guy in, and you're like, okay, I get why they like him. And I think this past game at left tackle, for the most part, it looked fine. 
when they switched him back to right tackles when he really had issues and they called him for a hold on the left side on a snatch trap which i think is going to get you dinged and grading and whatever else but i think that's not going to happen that often that's a legal move and i'll say that zach taylor was pretty upset about the call yeah according to observers on the sidelines so there's that then he moved him to the right side. He just doesn't look to me like a guy that can kind of flip sides. I think that's the biggest issue is he's not playing well on the right side. Run blocking still fine. And I think it's because when you're mm-hmm. going forward, it makes more sense in your head than trying to go backwards, completely switch your legs and hands, which is why Jonah Williams coming out and looking pretty good. That's great. <laughs> you know, He's still got the muscle memory. Uh, and then that last one is the one – I can't figure it out too much either because I don't think Deontay Smith has been lights out, but he might, considering the competition, he might be the best of the offensive tackles so far other than Jonah Williams and his, what, seven, eight snaps. I think, at least in pass protection, he has run blocking. He gets shed a little too easy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get movement. He more vies for uh what i'll call i don't know positional maintenance or you know he's just trying to get his butt in the right spot and seal a guy off rather than demolish them down the field adenogy is the same way though he's not moving guys that much in the run game he's more of an athlete that tries to get into an advantageous position and you could be awesome and do that like that's no no harm to you Uh, it was howard mudd former offensive line coach legend that basically said I think it was like 90% of our blocks are just stalemates that we're trying to win advantage on. If you have a Larry Allen, like your life's easy. Uh, but I haven't figured that one too much. I I think the staff likes Adenogy more than mm-hmm. any of the fans do. I think that plays into it. And my guess is they know he's the known quantity. That might be a, a game three thing. Can Deontay Smith put together, because I thought he was a little better in run blocking this past game but the pass blocking fell off a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So can he put together his highest level game in game three and really push and maybe knock a off of the, uh, off of the 53 man roster. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, Carmen, would you say he's a lock or do you think that he's just likely? I think Carmen is a lock. Okay. Unless, unless there's a trade. I, I think that a trade is unlikely but they're not going to release him. There's, I, I would be shocked if they release him. I shouldn't say they will not. I think it would be very hard for them to do that, and it would be a pretty shocking move. They almost never release those first two-round picks. I mean, the last one was like 2002. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's not something that they're likely to do. There is a dead cap hit that goes along mm-hmm. with it of about a million dollars. We know the Bengals hate that as well. What about Trey Hill? who I think was the other guy on the interior that they were hoping to see some significant growth for this year still seems to have some recurring issues. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, this past game looked better at guard than he did at center. And that is not – I don't think his path onto the team was to beat Max Sharping at guard. It was to show, like, you are the best backup center and can deliver the snaps accurately. You're the only guy that can really do all of that. He just – I don't think he's really progressed from his rookie year so much. It He seems like the same guy for the most part to me. Um, he, I would say Sharping has looked better in both phases of the game. He has some highlight plays once in a while, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, sandwiched in between he missed a pickup entirely and gets the quarterback hit or, you know, a processing thing there. Or maybe it's just he's not super athletic and gives up a corner or, 
doesn't sustain his blocks or it's just there seems to be too much of that and not enough consistency with these high level plays that he can put out once in a while compared to sharping who against the twos and threes feels more consistent um which doesn't feel great when you remember the afc championship game that that might be the first interior guy off the bench you gotta be consistent though for this coaching yeah. staff it's something that they emphasize it's something that they bring up consistently to to reuse the word they consistently bring up consistency when talking about some things they like in players it's the inconsistency that frustrates some of the quarterbacks uh real quick on the offensive line before we move on to running backs receivers eventually defense as we do mike we're, we're going long um jonah williams i thought you, you kind of alluded to this played really well at right tackle Mm-hmm. And Callahan, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator, echoed those thoughts, saying that it's gone better than he thought it would, better than he thought it could. Frank Pollock has, has said similar things. It's not perfect by any means, but he looked very comfortable pass setting, looked good in the run game to me for the most part. I think he lost one guy inside that, that ended up making a tackle on a play that maybe shouldn't have gone exactly where it went. But I was pretty impressed with Jonah Williams as well. Any quick thoughts on Jonah? Showed a lot of power. I don't yeah. know what it is. He, he was caving, and they were the ones for Atlanta. Yeah. So he, he was caving some of those guys in. He's, uh, I don't know. He's been a right side power tackle the entire <laughs> time, and they're trying to play him as an athletic left tackle. Coming up next, let's get into the running back, too. Let's get into the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver growth and some defensive standouts to finish up the show. Our partners at eBay Motors are teaming up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you the players that are going to be a guaranteed fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny's picked out this week for eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. If you're looking for a player to take in fantasy football drafts who will spark his new team's offense and also help you speed to victory, then use a fantasy pick, a luxury pick, on Bears receiver DJ Moore. It didn't take long for the former Panther to go from 0-60 to after his big trade, cruising into the easy role as Justin Fields' go-to target. Moore was fine in Carolina, but he'll perform better than ever while dominating targets from a young QB in Chicago. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, Mike, let's get into 
RB2. Only two players to talk about here. Hopefully we can get through this a little bit quicker so we can get to those rookie wide receivers as well. Seemed to me like Chris Evans has regained some of the trust that he perhaps lost last year from this coaching staff, has shown that he's still the guy that is probably the most talented receiver on the team in terms of the ability to do various things from uh, out wide alignment and can obviously catch a ball out of the backfield as well. Has shown some growth as a runner. It's not perfect, but I've seen some things that I think are encouraging from him as a runner in, in terms of the running part of running back. And then as a pass protector, there's one play that, that we looked at before we started recording where he missed a, a corner blitz from the opposite side where he might have been asked to do a full uh, field scan there before releasing into his route. He didn't see it. The ball gets out anyway on a nice play. Really nice play for Jake Browning, by the way. One of two highlight throws we looked at for Browning as well before we started recording. But Chase Brown looks like a rookie. Any other takeaways from you on these running backs? Any, any standouts for you as you're trying to evaluate who's going to be up on on game day and who's going to be getting some some snaps from this team behind Joe Mixon? Chris Evans surprised me. Yeah, he got better as a runner. I think that was the biggest one. Uh, still, I feel like once a game, he's going to do something that, that – that's where those holding calls come from uh, sometimes, where he just goes off script. Like he's supposed to go to this or read the leverage here, and he just kind of goes, I'm a better athlete. I'm just going to go get out in space and go beat some guys and run for 50 yards – uh, which if there was no holding from that, it'd be great. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's a little hard. Um, I think Chase Brown, man, I feel like he hasn't gotten much, if any, blocking. Yeah. It feels like every snap he takes as a running back, like running the ball, it feels like he has to avoid somebody in the backfield and then make something happen after that. And I'm not saying Chris Evans has perfect blocking. He's got some bad, he's got some stinkies in there too. But uh, it feels a little bit like uh, Chase Brown because he had one play where he was able to be patient, navigate tight spaces, and he looked great. I want to see more opportunities like that rather than free runners in the backfield or Jackson Kirkland being tossed at him, um, anything like that. It's hard to evaluate him too much right now, but I do think Chris Evans has shown enough that if it was me, I'd probably – Ah, it's so tough getting those last few guys on the team, but I feel like Chris Evans has shown enough that you could put him on the on the fifty three because going into the season, I I didn't think I, I thought this might have been it, but he do or die situation. He showed up and he's improved, I think, quite a bit. Yeah, I think that the improvement is significant. I think that he took this opportunity made the most of it put a lot of effort in especially with pass blocking i've been pretty impressed with his pass blocking for the most part and like i said we we talked about a miss that he had but more patient as a runner if he's going to be at least adequate as a pass blocker i don't think he's going to be the first guy to do that role i think it still probably will be travion williams if he can get healthy get on the field and show the coaches that he can do it but with travion williams injury i think it's impossible to say that Chris Evans didn't make the most of his opportunity. And I went from three running backs on the 53 back to four, just like the Bengals did last year with Chris Evans. But uh, for, for, for Chase Brown, what do you think needs to happen outside of blocking for, for you to, is it as simple as like, you, you don't feel like you have enough to look at, but because it seems like maybe the game's going a little bit fast for him right now in some aspects of the game, at least, you know, ran into the left tackle at least twice trying to get out into his route that led to some pressure, led to uh, Browning's interception, 
actually was was at least partially because Trace Brown ran into the left tackle there. Um, did did break a tackle as well. Kept his feet in in a in a small space situation, which is something you'd like to see. What else stands out about Chase Brown? Because I, I, I personally don't think he's a game day active yet. Uh, I think that they need to see a little bit more. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, but he has a chance in this third game if, if he can yeah. show that you know it's moving for him. I think, yeah, sometimes it's moving fast for him. I think where it's really shown up is he's not going to be the passing pass protection back. I think he's out of that. It's not beyond – well, yeah. yeah, I guess not, not. Oh, you mean not yet in his career? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess in game three, if he just demolishes guys, I guess he's back in it. But to me, I was like, he's kind of out. And Chris Evans looks better, and Trevion Williams is the guy that they keep saying mm-hmm. we haven't seen it, which is scary. But they keep saying like that's the guy we trust, and it makes sense because he's big. I'm like Chris Evans, which we all know Geo was a good pass protecting back. You don't have to be the biggest guy. But uh, I also don't think Chris Evans has looked like you in past production. He's just looked better than uh, Chase Brown. Yeah, I don't think Chase Brown's going to be the passing down guy, which makes it hard to get on the roster, the active roster. You can be an inactive, not cut to stash him on the practice squad type situation because I think he's he gets scooped up. But uh, it's, it's going to be hard. Uh, he's going to have to show a little more as a runner. I think the one thing that was lacking – I remember his play specifically on the goal line. He doesn't really have a ton of power when he mm-hmm. runs beneath his pads. Uh, it seems like it's just a feet. size thing too, right? Like yeah. he's just a little small. Yeah, he's a little small. I mean, Chris Evans obviously also doesn't have a ton of power either. Uh, but they give him a goal line carry and he just lowers his shoulder and just no movement. And I think they might – I think they might look at that too. Just like if you're not going to be able to, you know, push the pile, find hidden yardage by plowing through guys and you can't be the passing down back, then you got to show a lot as some type of elusive shot out of a cannon, mm-hmm. lightning in a bottle, whatever phrase you want to generate explosive plays. And he has showed that speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen that from him as, and it's showed up more as the receiver. So you like to see that. He looks like he can contribute. I just... Don't know if – I think he might be behind Chris Evans and Travion Williams so far. Let's yeah. talk rookie wide receivers. What have you seen from Andre Yosevash living up – is he living up to the hype? Because he's very hyped on social media right now. And and have you seen development for Charlie Jones? Okay. The small bit of water I'll put on it is I've seen some people talk about like, oh, maybe we could trade T. Higgins because Andre Yosevash. It's like, okay, they're going a little far. But he's looked really, really good for a six-round pick. Like, I think he looks – as if they had another fourth round pick uh, looks to me he's it's inconsistent. Cause he'll get jammed at the line. Uh, you know, he'll get rerouted. I want to see him be able to avoid those and keep his chest clean a little bit better. It's a little harder when you're facing NFL guys and not guys from Yale or Harvard or any other Ivy league school. So he's adapt, but I feel like he's adapted pretty quick because he does show it once in a while where he shows a good release. I think he's shown the body control that this team loves Uh, getting up and going and getting it, you know, those contested catches. He's got a few of those. I just feel like he's shown – I thought – I didn't watch because who has Princeton film, but I did watch his little – he put out like a two-minute clip. I watched that. I think he looks better than he did at Princeton. So it's a a surprising – and I thought he's – I think it was a pretty good project to take on just because the athleticism. But surprising 
development from him so far. Uh, Charlie Jones started the first game on the outside and it wasn't great. Moved him to the slot and I thought he played a ton better. I still think, you know, there's room for growth there. And we did talk about this off air. He wasn't a slot guy at Purdue, even though that's where everybody's pegged him because of the athleticism, the size and the, you know, he, he doesn't play through contract that great. I'm even at Purdue, he was going to push the sideline a lot. And that's why I didn't really love, uh, but inside his change of direction, um, not so much like real quick wiggle and make a guy fall over, but just change the direction as in drop his hips, sink, and then quickly move right to left. Uh, I think he's shown a lot over the middle, being able to catch those passes. Mm-hmm. The second game was huge for him for me because the first game I thought I was a little disappointed, but then I also thought, you know, to me, he was a slot guy. So they put him in the slot and he looked good. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he went from 15 wide receiver, boundary receiver snaps, according to PFF in preseason game one to zero in preseason game two, 23 yeah. slot snaps to 39. So all of those outside snaps went into the slot for Charlie Jones. They're, Focusing there with him throughout the preseason anyway, but he was able to make some plays as a boundary receiver in camp. I think they wanted to see how that would translate. They got some stuff on tape. They got some stuff to work on with him. I think they're also going to continue to work with Charlie Jones on adding a little bit of weight in the NFL because if he can get yeah. a little bit stronger, that would that would go a long way. Especially outside because that's mm-hmm. how he's getting pushed is he's just he's not thick. And as a runner with the ball in his hands, would like to see him break a little bit more, a little bit more tackles more frequently, especially in the punt return game where he might be the the punt returner. And you'd like to see the ability to make some guys miss. We haven't seen it yet. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities. He's had three punt returns in the preseason. He's also dealing with the labrum. But I think some promising growth from both of those guys from game one to game two and Yosevash. Um, you know, we've seen him catch away from his frame a little bit. would like to see him mm-hmm. continue to grow in that area. I think he will. I think these are the areas of rawness where, you know, coming, working back to the football, catching away from your frame. These are the, the areas where he will continue to develop. But also like his willingness as a blocker has had some really yeah. impressive blocks, I think, so far using that size, putting it to good use. And Mike, we're, uh, we're, we're over time. Uh, but we did plan to talk about the defense here. So let's spend a couple minutes quickly. Who are the the big standouts to you on the defense so far? And I know you wanted to to talk about J2 Fele a little bit as well. <laughs> the J2 Fele thing is just to me, man, he gives you so much of that Larry Ogunjobi, good and bad, where they don't have an interior guy like him with that get off and be able to just wreck a play. But he also at times just gets demolished in the run game by twos and threes. So I think he's a gambler. I'd want him on the team, but I think when the people are putting out their own 53 mans, they cut Tupo for him. One, they kind of play different positions. Tupo's the backup nose, really. But two, Tupo's going to be consistent at defending the run, and this team loves consistency. It's why they signed BJ Hill over Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, and Tufele is a little bit more of that three-tech. that wants to, He wants to shoot a gap. He wants to go make a play. Um, but it's it's up and down, and I, I find him interesting to see whether or not they'll keep him on the roster Uh for that um other than that jordan battle i thought showed a little bit in run defense he didn't really have too many opportunities in the passing game but i thought run defense wise he took on the the right tackle and mm. made a run stop which was really nice with uh joe Bacci. 
there's what camp sample showed more as a pass rusher there's a few guys are trying to hit them all <laughs> just a little bit uh marcus bailey looks awesome but you know he's not gonna start <laughs> because mm-hmm. they have paid linebackers but i i love him in terms of if he can stay healthy and if they need a guy i definitely trust him do you have anybody else in mind for the defense as we try to quickly go through them uh, just just some of the starters that we've talked about. Oh, Dax yeah. Hill, I think, has been impressive. Sam Hubbard looks like maybe he's found something else as a pass rusher that uh, I'm going to be very interested to see. He's put on some moves and shown some bend that you see from him from time to time, so we'll see how, how it translates in the regular season. It, more likely than not, he is what he is at this point, and that's like average pass rusher, really, really good run defender. But I, I thought that he had a couple – He's shown throughout camp in the preseason, he's shown some impressive pass rushing moves and flexibility that could translate. Excited to see how that plays out. BJ Hill had an incredible pass rushing win uh, early in that game. I think that's all I got. Any any DJ Turner thoughts before I we think get out DJ, of here? I think the good and bad showed up of him in this past game where he's super athletic and he's sticky but was that Drake London down the sideline? And I guess it was incomplete, but he was there. It was it's just, a, oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. He was there. It's just his size. Like he mm-hmm. literally just couldn't reach it. <laughs> and that's going to happen from time to time with him. But I don't think he's a, a nickel. I don't think his size puts him into the slot, his athleticism, everything. And everything that I think that they've said, he's an outside guy, but uh, I've liked him. I think the run defense at times is I'm trying to find a nice word for really bad uh, because concerning concerning. Yes. The run defense has been a little concerning because wide receivers are really able to move him around and sometimes get him into the sideline, but that's going to, he's going to put on some weight hopefully and get stronger. He's got to, he's basically has the year of development uh, uh, unless there's an injury, which there probably will be feels like corners always. There's at least a couple games missed, but knock on wood that that doesn't happen. Uh, I liked him. The, I, I liked him a lot so far. I think he's slight, but arrow moderately up. It's not straight up just because of that run defense thing and the size, but I do think he has done a good job of playing sticky and he comes from a system that was kind of NFL like, which is easy transition. Yeah. From a ball skills perspective, from a coverage perspective, which is job one for a corner, you, you like some of those things. And I don't think it's been all bad, in terms of the tackling and, and the run defense, but but certainly the, the size has shown up a little bit. I feel like I want to see if he can play slot and outside. Yeah. Uh, Leon Hall role, but obviously not the, the same kind of physical player Leon Hall is. Maybe he can get there if he can put on a little bit of weight, but more likely than not, he continues to be that hyper-athletic, comfortable with the ball in the air, great body control, can make plays on the ball kind of corner and, that's a positive thing for sure. And I'm excited to see how his development continues. We're out of time. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. James will be back with me tomorrow as we continue our March toward the regular season. You can find Mike on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands, find his podcast. It's always game day in Cincinnati. And until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.